the other brother, the backup brother. Uh, thank y'all for being here this morning. If you're online, thanks for watching with us. We are so thankful you're here. You probably noticed that the room is a little weird shape. It's a little more narrow than normal. That's because two weeks from this weekend is the World of Wheels. Anybody know what that is? Yeah, you do. That's a big car show that we're a big part of. They kind of switch this room up a little bit because the show takes the rest of that space. Make sure you come back two weeks from today because when you leave church, you get to walk through the car show for free because we partner with the car show and it is an awesome, awesome day. So I hope you'll do that for sure. But thanks for being here. Last weekend was Super Bowl weekend. Evan did a great job. Give it up for Evan last weekend for what he did. He did a fantastic job. He's also working the confidence monitor. If you don't know what a confidence monitor is, it's a screen back there that tells me what to say next. He's pretty important. All right, if you don't do that, you do the old Super Bowl deal like this. You ever seen the coaches do this at a Super Bowl game? This is the backup sheet. You don't want to go to that, all right? So thanks for being back there, Evan. Uh, L.A. Rams, they won. Hey, you know, what are you going to say about that? Any L.A. Ram fans in the room? Oh, there's a few of you. Good, good, good. So, yeah, that was a great game. It was a lot of fun. At least it was close. But I'm a Super Bowl commercial guy. Any Super Bowl commercial fans in the room? Yes, 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 all right. There were some good ones this year, but my personal favorite, I want you to see it right now. I don't know if you'll remember this one, but you're going to enjoy it for sure. Check it out. Parties can be a real trigger to people who've been at home too long and have become their parents. Yeah, look at all this free parking. You'd think they'd charge $5 a head. Hey, buddy. Let's uh, hold off on the parking lot for right now, okay? I'm just saying you can make a mint, but I guess it's free. Huh? Hey, hey, enough parking lot, Tom. Okay. Let's get out of here. We want you to get out of the house and come to the Simple Church Super Bowl party Sunday, February 13th at 5 p.m. at Bojack's. Well, that's a, that's a big screen there. You think it's LED? I wonder how many lumens it is. Although, you know, I think it's plasma. You know, you can't turn plasma Scott, on Scott, 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 once again... We don't care about the screen. We're just here to watch the game, okay? Okay. I think it's plasma, though. Yeah, whatever. I'm Dr. Brian, and I'm here to help you not to become your parents. Boy, this, you know what? This is amazing. You know, I, I it's only $5. You know, I gotta go, I gotta go tell Bo. Well, that hey, it's hey, a, hey, 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 Scott. Once again, slow your roll. Oh. We're here to watch the game. You're right. Right. Well, anybody got the old pigskin to throw around there and play a little hey, game hey, of hey, cat? Scott, 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 Scott. Once again, are we here to watch football or are we here to play football? We're here to watch. Thank you. As you can see, we all probably need to get out more. Join us Super Bowl Sunday at Bojack's at 5 p.m. for just $5. Until then, I'll keep working with Scott. I'm Dr. Brian, and the doctor is out. Let's give it up for Scott and Brian. They did a great job with that commercial. So I'm not really a football fan by admission. I did watch the playoff games this year and the Super Bowl. They were really entertaining, and I hear it's not usually that close all season. But that was cool. But growing up, I was not really a football guy. We're going to throw a picture on the screen that kind of represents me and my brother and how they're different. 
you'll see this is me on this side. I don't know how old I was, but I was already tearing something up. That's kind of my thing is working on cars. And then you got Justin in the football helmet. Bless his heart, right? Isn't he cute? So football is not really my thing. But when Justin asked me to speak today, what he didn't realize is today is the Daytona 500. Anybody know what that is? Yeah, yeah, we got a few fans. I'm just going to warn you right now, this message is going to be extra short because I want to get home and watch the race. So if you get out of here earlier than normal, I'm just warning you right now, it's going to happen because we got to get to that race for sure. But all kidding aside, we are starting a new series today called Family Matters. And throughout this series, we're going to highlight different TV shows that have a family theme And you're going to try to pull some kind of lesson out of that each week. And mine was chosen for me, and I did not fight this at all. My brother called and said, you need to do home improvement. Anybody remember the show Home Improvement? Yes, yes, yes. And I didn't have any fight in that because it was absolutely my favorite show uh, as a young person watching that. It came out in 1991. It ran until 1999. And it was in the top 10 most of its history. It kind of did a little tailing off toward the end when it was about to end. But it was a really strong show. Now, I got to warn you that the video clips we're about to show you, they're going to be a little fuzzy because as you're going to see on the screen, the TVs at the time were a little smaller than they are today. That is actually a shot of my living room about 1991 or so. And that TV that's in that entertainment center was the first TV I ever bought. It was 300 bucks and it was 20 inches. Man, things have changed, haven't they? I will tell you that that TV just recently died. I mean, it lasted from like 1988 until like a couple of years ago. So they don't make them like they used to. In some ways, we're thankful for that. So some of these are a little bit fuzzy because of the SD quality at the time. So just be warned about that. Now, if you're not familiar with Home Improvement, I pulled together a little clip that's kind of the story behind the show so that you can get up to speed on what the show's all about. And the reason why I did that is in my own household, my my daughter's dating a guy, and he had never seen a single episode. And I realized there may be a generation sitting in the room and don't even know what the show's about. So check out this video that explains what home improvement is all about. In 1990, stand-up comedian Tim Allen was making a name for himself with a popular Showtime special entitled Men Are Pigs. Had a hook. I talked about garden equipment, mowing lawns, tools, sears, the stuff I really am interested in, and grunted because how men talk. That special caught the eye of Disney executives. Michael Eisner and uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg had seen Tim Allen. And they thought he was very, very funny, and they wanted to develop a television series to use him. They approached me and said, <laughs> they bitched me to do, I think, Dead Poet Society, a TV show. And I said, no, I don't want to do that. And it was that or Turner and Hooch. They wanted me to resurrect the Tom Hanks vehicle for TV. And I said, as much as I like those two guys, why would I do what they did? Let's do something different. What I'd like to do is make fun of uh, Bob Beale and Norm Abrams. And they said, what? Let me outline it. I'd like to do that show because I love makeovers, but I want to be a complete uh, F-up, blowing stuff up and have the the Al character cleaning up my messes. Eager to work with Alan, Disney set Tim up with a talented producing trio, Matt Williams, David McFadden, and Carmen Finestra, who had credits on such hits as The Cosby Show and Roseanne. Jeffrey Katzenberg called me and said, would you meet with Tim? And I said, no. I'm not interested. 
I said, I've worked with enough stand-ups. I don't want to meet with Tim. He said, please meet with Tim. So I went to lunch with Tim, and uh, David McFadden went with me. And we sat down, and within five minutes, Tim and I started sharing stories about our Midwestern upbringing. And Tim said, I see this show where I have a family and I have a tool show. We all had fathers who worked with their hands. So we understood the tool concept. We loved the whole idea of what he wanted to do with a family. So I think it was just a you know, marriage made in heaven. The concept of the show would be based around Tim's stand-up routine with his trademark manly grunts and more power philosophy. More power. <laughs> ABC was very excited to work with Tim Allen because he had a wonderful stand-up routine that has a rare thing for a stand-up, which is a very clear and authentic point of view. He had this magnetic connection with the audience, so we thought it was a great idea for a TV show. The show was originally called Hammer Time, but uh, unfortunately there was someone named MC Hammer who thought we shouldn't call it Hammer Time or his attorneys were going to call us. But at the core of the newly titled Home Improvement would be a loving husband and wife and their three children. David Carmen and I wrote that out on a pad as we were conceiving this, that regardless of how many power tools and toasters we blow up, we wanted to celebrate an American family. It is the truth that when I left that lunch, I turned to David McFadden and I said, if we do this show, it's going to be a top 10 show. All right, so I remember when the show first came out and I was like, man, I really like this guy. He's funny. I like the grunts. I like all of that. But then as the show went a few episodes into that first season, there was a particular episode that when I saw this, I knew I was hooked. I knew this was the right show for me. And it's an episode where he is in his garage. Well, I won't spoil it for you. I just want you to see this particular episode that made me realize Home Improvement is the show for me. Check it out. Pink slips, pal. Nine grand hole shot. that is not an episode from the actual show. That's a recreation. Uh, my future son-in-law, Jacob, actually created a YouTube channel that you'll see that chassis being built into something special. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but we actually are building a vehicle in my garage, and he has done all of that. So it's all on him. All the work is done. But all kidding aside, I really want to show you the actual episode, and you can kind of critique how far we were on or off in our attempt to recreate it. So here's the real episode that hooked me on Home Improvement. Pink slips, pal. 
Nine grand hole shot. <laughs> that frame, honey. You are not. You're pretending to drive. Well, maybe I was. Is there room for two in there? Want to go for a spin? Love to. All leather Recaros. Ooh. Yeah. Thank you so Watch much. the paint. <laughs> Lock my door, please. High output ignition system. <laughs> Pretty nice, huh? Very nice. <laughs> we do we were pretty close right not too bad yeah so check out John's garage on YouTube if you want to see any more of that foolishness but they went on to build a couple of cool hot rods during the eight years that the show was on the air so obviously I was hooked for that reason uh, just to show you how much we kind of mimicked their lifestyle at the time I'm gonna throw a picture on the screen of me and my wife about the time the show came out she has Jill's haircut and I'm wearing Tim's clothes so I mean it's Pretty obvious that we were living the 90s thing at that point in time. But what was so neat about the show, not just the hot rods, but it had tools and it had cars, it had a grunting guy on there that was funny. But it ended up being a show about marriage and family. And being newly married, I was literally engaged when the show came out, married in its first season. So I was very interested in any advice I could get on being a married guy because I'd never done that before. So each episode, you would learn something about the trials of marriage. And the big surprise for me is uh, in that first episode when I was watching, all of a sudden there's a new character introduced about halfway through the episode, and his name is Wilson. Anybody remember Wilson? Yep, Wilson. He was the neighbor that lived behind Tim. And if you've seen the show at all, you know that Wilson was a source of wisdom for Tim. Every time Tim would get in over his head, which was every episode, he would walk out in the backyard and kind of be complained about what he'd gotten himself into, and then Wilson would have some advice for him. There's one particular episode that really still is in the front of my mind that was early on in the series where Tim has gotten himself into trouble again in his marriage with Jill, and he has this advice for Wilson. Check out the advice that he gave him. <laughs> What's really bothering you, Tim? That's nothing. Well, Wilson, I'm confused. You know, I'm carrying this trunk of books, and I find out she likes these books about all these guys with rippling muscles, you know, so I wanted to, you know, show her my rippling muscles, and these guys end up carrying women off upstairs to ecstasy, and I pull a groin muscle. <laughs> well, Tim, 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 I think you've got something over these young guys. You do? Uh-huh. Yes, it's best summed up in an ancient Chinese proverb. It goes, a great lover is not one who romances a different woman every night. Uh-huh. A great lover is one who romances the same woman for a lifetime. That's something to think about it. What about that advice? So as a newly married guy, I'm thinking, wow, 
I am happy to say that this June we'll be celebrating 30 years together. So I think we've done okay in trying to live that out. But I remember as a young guy thinking, man, that, that, that's a heavy, heavy statement. So then it dawned on me as I was creating this message that we really do need wisdom if we're gonna improve our homes. We have to have wisdom in our lives. Proverbs 24, three and four tells us, by wisdom a house is built and through understanding it is established. Through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. I mean, what, what an awesome truth that we have to have wisdom to build the best household possible. In fact, wisdom is mentioned in the Bible 367 times. So obviously it's a big deal. So what is wisdom? I mean, what, what is the definition of wisdom? Because, you know, there's a lot of people that probably have different ways to define it. This is an expert's definition of wisdom. It is expert knowledge in the fundamental pragmatics of life that permits exceptional insight, judgment, and advice about complex and uncertain matters. Whew, that's a mouthful, isn't it? Wouldn't it be nice to have some wisdom in this day and age? Would you say in the last couple of years that we all could have used some wisdom? Have the matters been complex? Absolutely. So how do you gain wisdom? If we know we need it, what are the ways we gain it? So it's really interesting. I ran across this statement from Confucius. You ever heard of Confucius? Confucius say, y'all remember that? Well, he actually has something on wisdom. And he says there are three methods by the way we learn wisdom. Number one, first is by reflection, which is the noblest to just reflect and take in. Second is by imitation, which is the easiest. That's just to watch somebody and learn. And third is by experience, which is the bitterest because that's the actual experience. Can anybody relate to that third category of you have to really feel it to really get it? We're gonna get into that more here in a minute. So we're gonna take the sagging from Confucius and we're gonna take it to the biblical point of view. And we're gonna focus on reflection first, which is the first step. And the first step to reflecting is you've gotta get in the word. You've gotta get God's word in you. And I love the fact that in James 1.5, it just flat out tells us how to gain wisdom. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, you should just ask God. It's pretty simple, right? Who gives generously to all without finding fault and will be given to you as well. So if you ever need wisdom in a situation, the word says, just ask him. Man, if we could just remember to do that, it'd make a big deal. Proverbs 2.6 goes on to say, for the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So how is that possible? How can wisdom come from God? Well, if you think about it, it makes sense because he's the creator of everything. Nothing surprises him. Nothing throws him a curveball. There's nothing he can't handle. So in his strength, there's nothing we can't handle, but we do have to ask for that help. So how do you get that answer from God, though? It's through prayer and reading of his word. What is prayer? Prayer is nothing but a conversation. Tell people all the time, prayer doesn't have to be super fancy, doesn't have to be in a certain form. It's just a conversation. Get in your car, driving to work, talking to the windshield. Hey, God, I could really use some wisdom today. I'm in a situation at work that I don't understand. Man, my wife is really mad at me right now. How should I patch this up? Man, my kids are really struggling. What should we do? It's a conversation with God. Um, the reflection on his word is the second part of that because the Bible is the owner's manual to life. It literally tells us how to live our lives. Now, we actually have a devotional guide that we use every day. Um, there's gonna be an image on the screen. We actually found this devotional at a um, gas station on the way back from vacation last year. I know it's not a very fancy way to find one, but it actually has 366 in case you land on a leap year. 
uh, daily devotionals. And the way we do it is if we're both up at the same time, we'll sit there and read it together. But oftentimes our schedules are different, so the first person up will read it and leave it out for the next person. And sometimes it really resonates with the day and we might leave a post-it note that just says, man, this really connects to me today or boy, doesn't this fit. And it's really weird how God works because he'll give you exactly what you need for the day that you're about to face. It is really strange how that works. So that's the paper version. Maybe you're more of a techie guy. Maybe you want to do it in a more digital format. I got a new iPhone uh, Friday because mine died, my old one. And I I don't even really know how to open it yet. So I need to go back to the paper version. But if you're more of an iPhone guy, you can do the version Bible app. It is loaded with different devotionals, different reading plans. There's a daily Bible verse. Tons of ways. My point is there's plenty of ways to get the information. You just got to discipline yourself to actually take it in and have that conversation with God. All right, the second way that we're going to learn is from people around you. And Confucius called that imitation. Proverbs 19.20 says, listen to advice and accept discipline, and at the end you will be counted among the wise. So what does that scripture tell us? It's telling us that we have to actually listen to people. We actually have to humble ourselves and realize that they have information that we might need. Matter of fact, Proverbs 11.2 says it best. When pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Why does humility have to supersede wisdom? Because if you're not humble, you don't need, you even need the device. You don't even know to ask. So watch people around you. Observe. Imitate them if they're wise. Imitate them if things are going well for them in life. And how about the third way? Wisdom comes with age, or a fancy word of saying there's an experience. When I, the older I get, the more I just want to say I'm more experienced than the young people. It's not that I'm older. Job 12, 12 says it. With aged men is wisdom, and length of days is understanding. Now, we don't have to like this, but there is a definite truth to the fact that the older somebody is, there is the potential that they're going to be that much wiser than us. doesn't always work out that way, but it should be, because they have experienced a lot in life. If they're five years older than you, ten years older than you, they have a head start on you. So, basically, that's who Wilson was to Tim in the show. Wilson was an older guy. Tim was a younger married guy. And when you would listen to Wilson, he would basically just share things from his experience that ended up being a blessing uh, to him. So I've had a bunch of Wilsons in my life. Uh, I have never had a Wilson literally live next door to me, and I've never looked over a fence. But over the years, there have been tons of people that have been a Wilson for me. But I'm going to highlight three today. There's way more I could do, but we're just going to do three because it is the Daytona 500 today, okay? So we're going to get out of here. But the first one that comes to mind is a girl or a lady named Phyllis Abels. Some of you may know Phyllis. Uh, Phyllis and Jerry were on staff at First Bossier. Jerry was the music minister. And Jerry and Phyllis had a Sunday school class for young married couples. And my wife and I went to that Sunday school class with them as leaders of it. And they poured all kind of wisdom into us as young couples. And when we started going there, we didn't have any kids. This was very, very early in our married life. And I remember Phyllis one day made a statement that has stuck with me ever since I heard it. And it says, you are only as happy as your saddest child. And as a man, a newly married man with no kids, I had no idea what that meant. It didn't even have any power for me when I first heard it. 
But when I had my first little girl, my second little girl, and as they aged through preschool, elementary, middle school, ooh, middle school, high school, college, dating, preparing for marriage, all the different things you go through, I started to learn what that statement meant. Because when one of your loved ones, when one of your kids, when somebody that's important to you is hurting, you're going to hurt too. And I was like, wow, Phyllis taught me that way before I needed it. And it really helped me to not overreact to how I felt when one of my kids was struggling. It made me realize I'm supposed to feel this way. I'm actually supposed to relate and understand. So that was the statement from Phyllis. And she helped us so much with that early phase of life and raising of those kids. And then as time passed on, my kids grew up and I got into the empty nest phase of life. Any empty nesters in the room? Oh, yeah. It's great. We love it. Uh, but there are different things that happen in the empty nest phase. And in this phase of my life, in the empty nest phase, a guy by the name of Bill Allred became my Wilson. Anybody know Bill Allred in the room? Some of you do. And here's Bill's famous quote. You don't know what you don't know. Think about that for a minute. You don't know what you don't know. Now, when I first heard it, I thought it was just one of those cliches. But it's really true. And the worst part about this truth is, is you don't know that you don't know that you don't know. You tracking with me? And then Kevin Russell's in the back of the stage here right now, and he added to it, he says, yeah, you don't know till you don't know until you do know. And then when you do know, guess what that becomes? Wisdom. So as we got into the empty nest phase, as we got into parenting adult children, there was a lot I didn't know. So I needed a guy that was a little bit ahead of me, that his kids were a little bit older than mine, so I could ask those questions and say, man, I don't understand why this is happening. Why is this so difficult? Why is this transition so hard? How can I help my girls? And he, by asking those questions, I gained wisdom because I didn't know that I didn't know. So Bill Allred has been my empty nest Wilson. Then I've got one more Wilson I want to talk to you about today. And this is the Wilson that helps me with my 55-plus aging body. Anybody uh, out there understand how you feel after 55? Okay. Yes, turned 55 last year. And, uh, man, I'm falling apart, <laughs> literally. So my 55-plus Wilson is Ray Rainey. Anybody ever heard of Ray Rainey in the house? Some of you have. And Ray's quote is, it only gets worse. I'm like, dang, dude, that's all you got for me? Yep, that's it. That's my wisdom. Not really true. But he really has been helpful to me. We have known him since the 90s, a bunch of us. And he's always been about 15 years older than us. So as he started getting into some of these aging issues, us young guys, we were very cruel. And we would laugh at him. And we would pick on him. And now God is punishing all of us because we are experiencing the same thing he experienced at the same age he did. Now, God is kind of blessing him at this phase of his life, though, because he's getting to laugh back at us. It's almost sinister how much he enjoys this, because when one of us has an ailment that he's already been through, he gets a belly laugh out of it. It's, it's the most crazy thing I've ever seen. So I'm glad I can bring in some joy. But he literally does help me know what's coming next. It's like, I'm just telling you, dude, you think that's bad? Just wait. And the reason why he's able to be that Wilson is because he's been through a lot. 
He has seen a lot in life. And as you're aging, there's a lot of things that come at you that you just don't know are coming. And I'm super thankful for him. I joke about him all the time that I'm going to quit hanging out with him because he's just simply a forecast of the next ailment I'm going to have. But that's kind of how it's supposed to work. So, but Ray's been awesome. And, you know, when you talk about Confucius and he talks about that last one being the bitterest, which is experience, Ray has been through a lot. He's lost a spouse. He's been through a couple of rough marriages. There's been some things that were tough for him in his young years. And all of that information is super helpful to guys that are a little bit younger than him that were saying, hey, how do you get through this? And what's so amazing about him is no matter what life throws at him, he's the same. I can't say the same about myself. I tend to be kind of like this and like this, but Ray Randy's just like this. And that makes me really respect and listen to him because I admire that. So he is one of the Wilsons in my life. So that begs the question, where do you find your Wilsons? Hopefully you already have one or two or more. But I can tell you all the people that I just mentioned, all three, 100%, three out of three, I found them in a small group setting. Phyllis and Jerry were Sunday school teachers. I met Ray in a men's Bible study that happened to be in the middle of the afternoon back before he even worked for us. And then Bill Allred, small group setting. So more than likely, you're going to find them in some small setting. Could be next door neighbor, could be a coworker. But one place that we think we can help you find one in this church is something called a life group. Um, Amber does our life groups here. She does a fantastic job. Last weekend was the kickoff of the new season for life groups. And you really, really need to consider being a part of one. You're going to see on the screen a picture of my life group. Um, as wouldn't shock anybody, we are built around cars. And every one of those folks in that image, every face you see is a source of wisdom for me. Now, yes, there are some younger faces in there. So let's talk about it for a minute. You don't have to be older to be a source of wisdom. Um, case in point, I just mentioned that I got a new iPhone on Friday. We left the AT&T in store, and I got home, and I, had it a sheer, I went into sheer panic because I opened up the phone, and it looked exactly like my wife's phone. It had her screensaver on it. It had all of her apps on it. It had all of her pictures in it, and none of my stuff was in there. Somehow the store actually mimicked her phone and not my old phone. So we had two Teresa phones. And I panicked. And I did not sleep well that night because I'm thinking, all of my stuff is gone. So we got up Saturday morning and we put Chip Mitchell on FaceTime. If y'all know who Chip Mitchell is, most of what's happening technically right here, he has some say in it or some dealing with it. And he is a technical genius in my book. So we put him on speakerphone in a matter of about 20 or 30 minutes I got my life back on the iPhone. He's a younger guy. He was my technical Wilson in that moment. So back to that picture right there, every one of those faces, they have a strength. They have something they do well. There's something that they bring to the table that I need as a guy. Some are older, some are younger, but you gotta have your Wilsons. You gotta have your Wilsons, all right? So here's my challenge for you as we wrap up, because I told you it's the Daytona 500 today. I mentioned that before? Yeah, I don't want you to miss that. Starts at 1.30. You got time to go to lunch, beat all the other churches, and make it home for the start of the race. So, challenge time. Find a Wilson and be a Wilson. All right, so if you don't have a Wilson in your life, you don't know what you don't know. You need to find somebody, at least one somebody, 
and get him in your life to be that Wilson in your life. Now, here's something that's even easier, in my opinion, be a Wilson. You ever heard the expression, to have a friend, you gotta be a friend? It's the same with wisdom. If you wanna gain wisdom from somebody, it always helps to turn it right back around and give it back to somebody else. And I promise you, there's somebody in your world around you that needs the wisdom you have to offer. I can promise you that is true. And one way we know that to be true, now you know Justin always loves to end his messages with his associate pastor. What's his associate pastor's name? Steve Hartman. That's right. In this video clip, you're going to see just how passing on wisdom works, no matter what experience you've had in life. Check out Steve. What's old is new again is an old saying that's taking on new meaning at the coffee shop Steve Hartman has dropped in on. Here at Tony Caputo's Market in Delhi in Salt Lake City, like at delis and donut shops across America, there's a group of regulars, senior citizens, who sit at the same table, sip a single cup of coffee, and proceed to know it all. Now, here's the story. This group, led by Tony Caputo himself, has been bloviating for years. We solved the problems of the world. Of the world. <laughs> and what a shame that all that wisdom all that good coffee clatch advice basically goes to waste. That no one listens to them, but them. Until now. Now, every summer Saturday, they take their coffee club to the local farmer's market. How's that? And under the banner, Old Coots Giving Advice, they basically do what they've always done. Oh, man. They never expected anyone to really stop. Actually, it was more of a joke. And lo and behold, one person, then two person, then three, and then they formed a line. And that's how the old coots became one of the most popular booths at the market. Yes. Today, they address everything from landscaping issues. These patches keep showing up in my lawn. Get a new house. To life's greatest mysteries. What's the secret to happiness? Put your money in bitcoins. If some of this sounds like bad advice, that's because it often is. In fact, there's a disclaimer right there on the sign. Um, advice on having twins. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> Dear Abby, they're not. But a lot of the advice columnists through the past decades, what qualification did they have? And sometimes I think for all of us, we hear a question and we go, how are we going to answer that? Like this woman who asked if you should stay with a husband who isn't faithful. No, no, no. And they say that's the biggest surprise. The number of young people especially who come up in all seriousness. This new mom wanted advice on how to not mess up her kid's life. You're going to mess them up a little bit, and that's how they grow. <laughs> and those little pearls, those winks of wisdom. Sometimes the answer's right in front of your face. They did seem to help people. It feels good to just tell somebody, right? Proving seniors really are America's greatest untapped natural resource. If you can't find one at your farmer's market, you so they're usually available. This booth is the best. Wherever coffee is sold. There you go. <laughs> Would you guys bow your heads and pray with me? Dear Lord, we thank you so much for wisdom. We thank you that the word says that we have access to it by simply making a request. And Lord, I pray that you would help us even have enough sense to know that we need to ask. I pray that you would just give us the strength to get up every day and uh, 
let you forecast what we're gonna face that day so we can be most ready, Lord. And we just thank you for that truth that comes from your word. And Lord, we thank you for the Wilsons in our lives. We thank you for the folks that you place strategically to help us to make it through whatever chapter we're about to face. It's no accident that you put the folks around us. I pray that you would help us uh, be aware enough to know who they are and how to take advantage of that awesome gift that you've given us. And then lastly, Lord, I pray that you would help us be the Wilsons that we need to be. I pray that you would help us notice folks around us that are looking for help, that are looking for advice. I pray that you would help us solve problems for people uh, with the experience that we've had. And Lord, most of all, we just thank you for your saving grace and how you help us get through whatever life throws our way. And we ask it all in your precious name, Lord. Amen. All right, guys, thank you for being here. Remember, Daytona 500 today. And what would Justin say at the very end every week? Peace. We'll see you next week.